This is episode 73. Welcome to the Ultimate Deck Podcast. Ultimate Deck Podcast. Helping you keep your finger firmly pressed on the decking industry, the people in it, and the information you need to master the backyard. And now, now. host of the Ultimate Deck Podcast, Shane Chapman. Welcome, everybody, to the Ultimate Deck Podcast, Easter weekend edition, live on Instagram. So, again, we're always going on Instagram now. Is that right, Brace? Always. always. It's a thing now. Mandatory. Every week. Mandatory Instagram living. Usually on Saturdays. Today, we're hitting up the Friday machine because uh, because Mike's Friday. on house arrest on the weekends. I am on house arrest, and so, it's a good Friday. And I also committed to be home all day tomorrow, too. So... And it's a and it's a holiday anyway, so we might as well be here. Um, I'm here today, not with Wade. I see he's tuned in to the Instagram Live. He's up in Saskatoon working hard up there. But I'm here with Mike Shaheen from Decked Out Contracting here in beautiful, sunny, I don't know if that's true, cold Regina, Saskatchewan. It's this, a nice uh, day for us. We'll April. take it. It's actually decent today, yeah. Nice so day. not too yeah. bad. So. Uh, Wade is laughing already because there's been a big chat going on on Instagram today about Wade's antics down at Deck Expo and drinking. And somebody said, Hey, just let it go. Just do what, just ask yourself, what would Wade do? So now he's (laughs) commenting. He's like, yes, what would Wade do? They're drinking beers in the pod. Um, what's your Instagram handle before we start? Cause you're, you're, you're not, you're, you're on there. You're not a huge Instagram guy, but you're on there. I'm not a big pusher of it. Nope. But we do have a little bit on there. Um, People can follow you now. Decked out Regina. Decked underscore. Decked underscore out underscore Regina. I really complicated that one. <laughs> we'll, yep. get, yep. we'll get rid of those underscores at some point. <laughs> there probably wasn't another decked out Regina. You probably I, didn't need the underscores. I guess not. Maybe not. Well, I'll have to try. Anyway, Mike is, uh, he's the owner of Decked Out Contracting here in Regina, who, and you guys are primarily a deck building company, as the name would imply. You do some other stuff kind of over the winter or here and there when home builders come and calling for it. But how did you kind of get into being a deck builder? What kind of started this whole thing for you? Uh, I just got my start in general residential construction, mostly new home stuff, Uh Worked for a guy for a handful of years and really enjoyed decks. And then when I stepped out onto my own, I I wanted to push the company that way. But I kept uh, kept going with anything that would fill the fill the time and get the money and and build the brand and and then partnering with you guys when you guys opened up and that really pushed us into more the hundred percent decks, pretty much what we are now. Uh, that and then some really custom stuff for a few home builders that that need some really custom framing touches that that we handle for them. But you're doing one right now, a ceiling or something for a home builder, right? Is yeah. that current that you're posting about right now? Yep, yeah, that was just last week. We did a 16 foot by 16 foot uh, square bulkhead with a big circular detail that'll get yeah. big stack crown and and some cool stuff. And yeah, that yeah. Was pretty sweet. Yeah, catches the attention and. Something interesting. I don't, not really interested in just framing basement walls straight anymore and stuff. So yeah, you can only do so many of those. Like, there's not a lot of change. It's just like frame a wall, stand a wall, yeah, nail a wall. Yeah, it <laughs> gets pretty monotonous. Again. That's for sure. But yeah. decks are always interesting, whether they're a simple square or a nice rectangle. I just enjoy the enjoy the details of it. And 
Yeah, decks are nice because sometimes you want just a break from like some sort of high level detail or a complicated job and just bang out a square one. It's nice to change it up from time to time and not get stuck on a job for three months all the time. Or Yep. And the nice whatever. thing about a deck is I get to see the finished product. Yeah. Again, that, that ceiling detail we did for the home builder, I get to see it framed and then I might not get to see it drywalled and trimmed and painted and, and everything. So it's nice to see the finished product, which you get to in a deck. So Yeah, that's what I always liked about it too, is that you were there from start to finish the freight, like, from right from the piles to the to the last plug that goes into the deck, you get to see the whole thing through, as opposed to just bits and pieces like yep. nor like other trades do, right? Absolutely. So that's cool. So sorry, when did you start decked out? Then you've been doing this for a while. Uh, when did I start? Two two thousand and nine and two thousand eight, and I think I registered the name in two thousand nine. So, so 10, just eleven years, had, uh, twelve yeah, years, ten yeah. year anniversary there. Yep. You must be pretty close to one of the longest kind of running ones in this market. I mean, Buyer's Choice has probably been doing it for about 48 years. But outside <laughs> of him, you're probably one of the most consistent kind of mainstays. There's a lot of guys that come and go. There's a lot of guys that come and go, and, and we're just focused on decks. There's a lot of guys that push deck and fence. And, right, right. And I'm strictly deck. I don't remember the last time I built a fence. So. Well, I got a whole bunch of fence boards out there that I need to sell, so maybe you should think about getting back into it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's good. So you are easy to spot around town because you've decorated your trailers and trucks in bright, bright yellow. What was the idea behind just being the brightest guy in town? Yeah, uh, it's obvious to a certain extent, but I don't know. Yellow just kind of came to me. I was honestly, I was just buying a new trailer and I was worried about if the trailer ever got stolen, I didn't want a white one or a black one. And the blue was too close to black and some of the other colors that just didn't interest me. So Yellow was the brightest yellow. option, so yeah, that's it was, it was just a rolled deterrent. with that. Yep. Started start as a theft deterrent, became a brand. Yep. That's awesome. Uh, so right now, things are obviously a little bit slow, like you're still doing some of the other stuff. You were a two-crew operation last year and hopefully will be again this year, I assume, but Ho- hopefully, um, yep. things are off to a slow start. Twofold, the weather's not been the greatest thus far this spring. It looks like it should improve here shortly, but... The elephant in the room, obviously, is the is Bryce. <laughs> Just kidding, but the pants made your ass look fat. Uh, no, the obvious elephant in the room is the whole COVID-19 virus thing that's been um, obviously affecting literally everybody in the world right now. Yeah. But what's what's your vibe on things this so far this year? How much is that affecting you? Do you attribute most of the slowness right now to that, or is it weather-related, or how much are you able to kind of weather this storm right now um while we this was the first year we went seasonal so i laid the guys off for the winter um and i haven't been able to hire them back yet so we're definitely feeling the hit from it like most people are um and i yeah i would say it's mostly related to the to the covid obviously um and then the weather somewhat but just that uncertainty everyone has right now of the not knowing and and not being in control are you finding that your home, the because you do a lot of work for home builders? Are they still are there still non deck related projects happening on the commercial side of things, yeah. or is that slow too? Yeah, they're still moving. It's definitely slowed, and and the home builders have obviously introduced their own uh, social and physical distancing on site and stuff. Right. So that's slowed production on site a little, um, but they're still moving. They still have their projects on the go. They still have their clients that want them. Um, we're 
the home builders I do work for are more the higher end home builders. Right. So the higher end clients and this and that, like doctors and and whatnot, who still have jobs and regular incomes coming in, where it doesn't affect them as much as right, right. as some of the people in the more budget conscious homes. Uh, so I can't speak on those, but for for the big projects, we're still rolling and they're still still pushing them through and ha- making things happen. And but you can definitely feel it slowed and everything's pinched a little bit. Right? Yep. yep. Unless you're in the in the business of cutting plexiglass. Which Plexi, plexiglass or medical a, supplies? Yeah, I've <laughs> seen a massive uptake right now. Yeah, they're laughing. Yeah, it's kind of a weird vibe around where I live right now because there hasn't been a lot of new construction in the last couple of years, just as a result of a, a down market. It's a bit slow yep. on new home construction, but right now you would never guess it because Havana is putting up like ten homes across the street from me, and Pace Setter is putting up like eight right behind me, and that kind of activity right near me hasn't happened in a while. So it's weird. Like everything is so slow, but I walk out my door and it's like. Slam, slam, yeah. It sounds like things are going great, but obviously for some people, this isn't slowing them down. Um, now, you've been building decks for quite a few years. You've built quite a wide variety of projects, everything from, like we mentioned, kind of small, basic, square stuff, but you've done some pretty big, extravagant, cool custom projects as well. Yep. Um, do you have a favorite material or product that you like to work with? It doesn't necessarily need to be brand, but as far as like whether it's pressure treated or cedar or composites or PVC, is there like a is there a certain products that you get a job and be like, oh, sweet, I'm glad I'm working with that today? Uh, our bread and butter would be composite. That's the one we worked with the most. That's the one we understand how it moves the most. Uh, starting to get more used to the PVC and the movement and and the extra from it. Uh, but composite's the, that's the go-to. That's the bread and butter. That's the one we know the best of. Uh, I kind of stopped pushing on the treated decks a couple years ago. Had a few real bad batches of, of boards that I just didn't really enjoy. And, and the new 5-inch cedar boards that you guys are carrying is such a comparative price to the treated that we just push that route. Yep. Um, and the boys always love cedar. Nobody, you know, everybody loves the cedar smell, and it's so easy to work with and and manipul- to be able to manipulate it so easy. And it's just beautiful at the end. Yep. It's just when you go back to a project, if you have to go back a couple years later and tune something up or change something and you see they haven't maintained it, right? Then you get that cedar look that I'm not as fond of. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, why everybody loves the no maintenance, right? So back in my building days or even now when we sell cedar, we always ask people like, are you oiling this? You should, whatever. And some people are like, no, I'm not going to. And it's always like, oh, come yeah, on. I wish you would like, do something. I wish you knew what I knew. If you yeah. could see what that's going to look like. Cause I did a kind of a neat deck of like four or five years ago. And it was a, it was a cool project for me. Cause they allowed me some creative flexibility in it, whatever, but they weren't going to oil it. And I was like, this looks so cool right now. And I just know that in a month or even six months, it's going to start looking really crappy. And that's a shame because yeah. I've put so much effort and, whatnot into this and it should keep looking like this forever i think but yeah anyway they and then they eventually did they ended up coming back in and be like i think we are gonna oil it actually it's starting to look a little bit worn and weathered and stuff and it's like yeah it doesn't take long it does yeah it, it really go, right? doesn't take long for it to turn that's for sure yeah yeah composites obviously the main uh category of maintenance free decking in most markets i think um we carry quite a few brands of it you've had a chance to work with uh decorators which is a bit of a new brand that we brought to this market Yep. And then our Uvations line that everybody seems to kind of go in a little bit crazy for if they've used it. What were your thoughts? You've used it on one or two jobs now? Uh, just just one, but it was, but quite it was a, a, it was a very job, large though. one. Yeah. And the 
the boards are fantastic. The durability of them, the color, the ease of install, they're very, uh, they're very consistently sized. That was the first deck we did with uh, the, cam- the camo fasteners right. as well. Those new clips. So we laid out the whole deck. It was 10 feet wide, clamped it. And when I measured in three points, we were within within a 16th of an inch of accuracy. Very which consistent. Is, yeah. yeah, which was unbelievable. I was surprised by that because I've worked with a lot of composites and, and you always get a variance. There's always some variance in the board. And I was quite surprised that they were that. So that, that streamlined that just bit us um, on our home sh- or sorry in our home show our showroom deck downstairs um, fiber on the boards themselves within the one color where I think were probably fairly consistent but the, the the picture frame board which is a different color for whatever reason was nearly three sixteenths of an inch uh, wider yep. than the other boards were yep. and we had started our field decking for it with the proper space for assuming that the picture frame would also be that size. Yeah. So we left like three sixteenth inch gap, then the board and then a three sixteenth inch gap between the two decks. And then one of our employees here who hasn't done as much decking come up here and he's like, we got a problem. <laughs> there's no gap on the one side. I was like, what do you mean? There's no gap on the one side. He's like, well, the board down there is way wider than the ones we put down. I was like, no, it's not. It's the same. It's the same line, same brand, same everything. He's yep. like, I'm telling you, it's it's way wider, and so there's no gap. Sure enough, it was like three sixteenths of an inch out. Yeah. Pretty pretty crazy, but yeah. So like I said, we've only worked with it that one one time, so I can't vouch for it that much yep. because everyone's going to have a variance and stuff. But from that one experience, if people if that's the board they want to go with, absolutely, yeah, that's no a, problems. That's a that. great line. So yeah, yep. so we've all we've mentioned your name a couple times in the podcast or. Um, I mentioned your name down when I was at the camo uh, sales meetings, whatever, because you're an example of a guy who like you, as far as those camo fasteners goes, you're a good kind of like a, a use case scenario because for a lot of years, we always, our store is always about bringing in like lots of options, kind of having everything yeah. available kind of thing. Yeah. And you're always one of those guys that was like, I don't need all your clip options. You just can, give you, me Trex You can clips. say it. <laughs> yeah. Stubborn. Yeah. Yeah. We're quite stubborn. Yeah. You're like, we're, <laughs> we, but, and for a good reason, you're like, we've always used these. Our guys we, are fast. I don't want to learn we something. We know what works and it works they well. They work well. Yep. And yep. so we are, we were always pitching things to you when you came in. You're like, nope, good to go with the, uh, with Trex clips. Or we'd send some clips out in a job and we get a phone call and be like, hey, come switch out these clips. I'd rather use the Trex <laughs> clips. And it's like, okay, fine. Uh, but all of a sudden you use camel and then the phone call was different that time. The phone call was, Hey, I want to load up my second trailer with these clips. I was, and it was I like, was holy smokes. I was quite <laughs> excited. I, I was also the one who pushed for, uh, the gun deal that you guys yes. set up for a while. Yep. I was so excited for them that yep. I wanted to buy as many clips as I could, if I could get some guns for free. Yep. And they did. Yep. So, so we, <laughs> so we put together a deal. It was a, it was a, Mike Shaheen decked out deal. Yep. I don't think De- anybody else took advantage of it. So, yeah. yeah. But anyways, yeah, they're, they're pretty awesome clips. I don't know if like a lot of guys on Instagram, whatever have tried them. Cause when things go on Instagram, they tend to go kind of mini viral amongst the decking yeah, they community. They catch on and everyone wants to try it. And yeah. And it's cool. Yeah. It's cool to see. It's kind of, it's funny though. Cause like, you wouldn't expect uh, something as simple as a hidden fastener to cause that, to get people excited about it or whatever. And there's, <laughs> there's been hidden fasteners for years and years and years. And it was kind of like, well, I've mentioned this before. It's like, did anybody even know that there was a reason to improve a bunch on that? Like, was there, because nobody had really had an issue. Like, yeah, you had to kind of go back and retighten, um, you know, drill your 
clip twice sometimes because if you went too tight the first time you couldn't get the board on. like there the was that in. but it yep. didn't like nobody really put too much thought into it, it was just like that's how you installed them yeah and well, then and it's going back to the trex clip the screws preloaded so that's a bonus because yep. there are some clips where the screw's not preloaded right yeah um and yeah camo kind of solved all the issues so yep. far so far that we've yep. found so yeah Maybe in a year's time, we'll find that they all disintegrate and the decks are all falling apart. And I'll be like, oh, that was, that was a lesson learned. I know who to come to for warning. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, okay, so we talked about decking and fasteners, your preferences. What about railing? This is, a, this is a heavy, heavy aluminum market in our market, but you've done composite railings as well. Yep. Do you have a preference as far as looks or install between those two popular types of railing? Uh. Uh, like like you say, aluminum's heavy here. So for our simplicity, we prefer it. We're used to it. It's fast. It's efficient. We understand it. Uh, the composite, when you do a composite railing and you talk a customer into spending the extra, because it's quite a, a price jump mm -hmm. for us to get a customer into a composite rail, uh, it always looks so beautiful when it's done. Like it's just a game changer when people want that look and that's the look they want. Yeah. Um, I do prefer the look of composite railing. Yeah. But uh, it's a bit of a price jump for for our market, and you would know more about that. I don't know why the price jump is that much, but maybe it's just a lack of materials moving through and, and shipping and whatnot. But yeah, I don't really know the answer behind that either, if it's just the materials themselves cost more or if it's more related on the, yeah. on the, f on the sh logistics side. I'm not sure. But. Yeah, but uh, I do prefer the look of a nice composite rail. Because um, I don't think the gap is that large in the States. From the guys I've talked Mind you, but they do a ton more comps. It could, so it could be that. It could just be volume it of it It could just moving, be right? the volume. Yeah, yeah, and that's when we went down there. That's what they had mentioned is there's, it's like flipped down there. It yeah. seems like there's, yeah. they do 90% composite and just a little bit of aluminum. So, But I agree with you. I, I just went down to our, like, we're still kind of, we're still kind of getting settled here. We're still putting stuff on the walls. Um, it's taking a while for us to kind of get... Um, Settled here. We got lots of work to do yet, but one and one of the sections that's not complete is our railing display. And some of the brands have shipped us their little kind of countertop displays so far, and they're sitting in our windowsill. And I went down yesterday and saw the the little miniature Trex display with the drink cap on it, and I was like, yep. "Like that's a sexy looking railing right there. That is that is it's far nicer looking than any aluminum system is." Yep. Uh, but it's just not as popular, and there's you know there's potentially more issues with it. it takes a little bit longer to install, but the finished look. It looks amazing. There's no yep. doubt about that. So yep. it gives the deck a whole lot of character, a whole yep. different character. It's just more of an upscale look, I think, a little bit. All the components are a little bit beefier, and yep. like it's just yeah. Yep. It's a it, yep. you get that older cathedral style house that just demands that look exactly. Because yeah. um, even in the, the big advantage with aluminum, especially on the pre-assembled panels, is the speed of install. Like the stuff goes up extremely fast when you can just lay your decking and then surface mount the posts and drop the panels in. That's yep. That's where the big advantage is for that cost and. Whatever, we do have a comment here from the TimberTech guys that say uh, TimberTech Garrett, our Western Canadian rep for TimberTech, says that exchange rate and shipping are playing into the cost a bit on um, composite rails. So I guess maybe heavier components potentially cost shipping rates maybe Bulkier, to be higher on it. Bigger packaging, more packaging. Could be. Yeah. So, yeah. Definitely a few factors. Yeah. Um. So we touched a little bit on your trailer being yellow. And catching a lot of eyes. And there's a few businesses around that have, that use that color, like a Graham Construction or Freestyle Online or whatever. Like you see yellow vehicles from time to time, but it's pretty easy to spot your trailer everywhere. But what are some other types of advertising that you guys do every year? I know like 
being one of the bigger dogs in the market, as far as decking goes, a lot of the work finds you because you just, you've done more work and you have more referrals, whatever, but what other types of advertising are you doing that help? Or maybe that you're doing now that you maybe wouldn't have normally because things are slower. Uh, honestly, I haven't really dove into anything yet. Um, we did some magazines. I did a little TV. Uh, wasn't crazy. Like, it's hard with advertising because you don't get an instant uh, gratification from it. Yep. Like, you don't have the exact numbers in front of you, so you just got to keep feeding the machine, and yep. and you'll see it in the long term, and I'm just not patient for that, and... And I didn't want my business to grow up and blow up to where I had five, six, seven, eight, ten crews. So I wasn't after more and more and more. So right. I didn't really push the advertising that much. I more went on the vehicles as a big one. Now we have two trucks and two trailers, and they're all wrapped yellow. Yeah. Um, so that's a giant attention grabber. A uh, couple of signs off Ring Road, one of our main, one of our main circles in in Regina here and but I honestly I've been meaning to I'll have to talk to you or Bryce about that uh, I do need to get some kind of Instagram or Facebook yeah. advertising going I'm thinking sure uh, get a little more busy if it drums up a little more business in this slow time but uh, I honestly haven't pushed the, the advertising envelope much at all it's a the whole social media stuff is interesting like on normal years you you yourself have been booked up typically months in advance. Like it started yep. to slow last year. It was only, you know, most guys were only booked up two or three weeks last year just because the whole economy was slowed down a little bit, but yep. there was still work. It's just the, the queue was a little bit shorter, a little bit different now. Um, I know we've always been partial to social media. We've done all that stuff too, like the radio and the TV, whenever. And to your point, it's like, it's so hard to measure that stuff and find if you're actually getting enough value out of it. Yeah. <laughs> the return. Yep. Yeah, you say feed the machine. It's like that's all it feels like with with radio. It's just like feed the radio. It's like playing the claw game and you never get the prize out. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like I, I paid all this money and I don't know what I've actually gotten from it. But um, right now, it seems like is prime time. And we were planning to do all this extra social media stuff already anyway before coronavirus was a thing here. Like our plan was to really kind of double down on it this year. And what a, what a blessing to have prepared to do that because right now, probably more so than ever, it's just that much more important because people are, they're literally sitting at home on social media more than they've ever been right now. Yeah. Like they're just looking for things to do and watch. Yeah. So I like, not that I've seen or spent enough time in our analytics to be like, oh, look how much more people are consuming our stuff right now than before. But what I do know is that I don't have the money to spend on radio right now, you know, as a result of that. And so... Maybe they're given deals though. They could be given. Maybe they should be given deals. They, they should, should be given deals anytime. <laughs> 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 but anyway, we're kind of doubling down on it and being like, "Hey, let's just push more stuff out." It's that time of year. It it really costs not much more than time, unless you hire a brace and then like he doesn't work for free. I'd like to pay him <laughs> in just time and beer, but that doesn't work. But anyway, now's the time I think, right, if, to kind of get into it. And I would agree. Um, yep. And. Everybody's got the time to start learning it now, too. <laughs> like, all the guys are sitting at home. It's like, now's the time to get in there and figure out how Instagram works. My wife is actually kind of getting into it right now because she's not been a social media person at all. I saw that. I added her. For a while. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's her. maybe had Me an account wife, yep. or whatever. But anyways, but she's getting into kind of a little little business of her own that she wants to play with. And, she, and I'm like, well, you, like, you have to be on social media now. So now she's getting onto it a bit and using this time to yep. explore that. So for sure, we might have to have a conversation and kind of help you get 
a push in the right kind of direction. Um, let's see. There's a question here. Let's get back to that. Eric Teru from Quebec says, how much has the vehicle wraps helped get more business? Uh, I think the vehicle wraps help a lot. Um, I splurged a couple years ago and then finally bought a new truck instead of just dealing with old ones and fixing them and rust and, and yada yada, which gets the job done. Uh, the new truck wrapped to match the trailers with the company logo and everything. It's just professional. I think the biggest thing it helps with is nailing down, uh, helping nail down large jobs and convincing clients that you are the guy for the job. We obviously push for decks and we advertise that. Um, and then that just seals it for them. Uh, when I don't have all the beard going on and <laughs> pre-30s, early 30s now, but pre-30s, I had a lot of uh, issues with clients thinking I was like 18, 19, 20. Sure. And they didn't want to give me that, you know, five, six, seven thousand $7,000 down on a, on a $30,000 job because they were wondering how old I even was and how long yep. I'd been doing this. And so... That branding, I think, has really helped just settle people with, we're okay with, you know, I signed one not long ago, it was over 50k. So to get a job like that, I think that the image of the business and the direction we go and what we push on and what we focus on, I think it all kind of comes together and it puts those clients at total ease that they're, they're hiring the right guy, they're okay with this. You know, and then you go through the steps and procedures of payments and break out the plan for them so they understand and everyone's on the same page. And I think it just helps you nail down that job. It for sure adds a level of uh, trust. Trust Absolutely. Because there's so many, everybody's got a bad contractor experience and everybody has or knows somebody who's had a bad contractor experience. And a lot of times that's, you know, because anybody with a saw in a pickup truck can be a contractor. Yep. In our market, there's yep. no really formal licensing requirements here. Yep. And so when a guy rolls up in a rusted out Ford F-150 and um, walks in <laughs> smelling like booze or something, like you're not going to give that guy $100,000 an hour or an hour. Holy smokes. Can you imagine $100,000 <laughs> an hour? Work a day a year. Yikes. <laughs> Take away yeah, one job. Um, but when you roll up with the vehicle that's wrapped, it's like, oh, well, he's not going anywhere. And his business obviously does okay because he's got a decent vehicle. And it's yep. like he spent the money to advertise. And, like, it's pretty rare in our market for a contractor to have a physical um, retail space. But I think having a nice wrapped vehicle is the next best thing to say, like, oh, they've been around for a while and they're not going anywhere. Yeah, and I've, you, I've told people that before, too. It's like I'm not trying – like, I'm not even trying to hide from you. Yeah. I'm, I'm the brightest guy yeah. out here, right? Like, stick out. So. Yeah. Yeah, so the scary thing for a lot of guys is, like, it's not cheap to wrap. Like, when you first get the quote back, it's like, oh, boy, that costs a lot of money to wrap a truck. It's whatever, three grand or three grand to wrap a trailer or something. Probably about that. that the truck was the truck was around three. The trailer I bought yellow, so it's just, right. so just, just the logo decals. sticker on it, so it was under 1000 Yeah, so, well, that's... Well, that's amazing. Do that. Buy your trailer <laughs> yeah. in the color that you want to brand it in because that's you way gotta, cheaper. you got to order them. There's yeah. not many guys carrying yellow trailers on the lot. But that's so. probably only a couple extra hundred bucks to get yellow, a custom color one. Yellow was the only color that was extra too. Really? For the first trailer I bought. That's I funny. had to pay extra for it. But it was worth if, it. Yeah, exactly. But if you look at like the return on that, and again, it's probably something that's really kind of immeasurable. But if you take three grand to wrap your truck, and you put that into basically anything else, nothing else will give you that kind of return. Like if you put three grand in radio, 
you would get like, you'd get a few 30 second spots. You might get like a week or two of advertising out of it. Yep. That may or may not like may or may not pan out to anything. Yep. The wrap you're going to put on and you're only going to, you might have to change it in five years. Right, like the cost of doing it. Yeah, if you if, if, you if break even it that, down. if uh, that, right? Yeah. yeah, our our one trailer's ten years old, still got the same decals on it. I had them touched up. They did it under warranty. So yeah, so there you go. So, so ten bucks years, for ten years, hundred bucks a year, and we're still going. So it's only you know, yeah, and for sure that's like without a doubt that's brought you business. Not only not only from like um, earning that loyalty and trust with the customers that you're visiting. But then when you're on site, it's just a giant billboard. Some guys put up like lawn signs, whatever, and those are good too. But if you've got a, tra- a trailer is a pretty big lawn sign. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, it's a big billboard that sits on the street in a neighborhood that probably has a whole bunch of people that need decks. Yeah, And the nice thing is you get a, like, I get a lot of calls or it's like, Oh, Hey, like just saw you driving by. Yeah. Right. Like I got one call. I, they were in their backyard in their backyard back, back to main street. And they literally called me like, hey, I just saw you drive by. Like, can you come by and do a quote? And it's like, sure. So it's like you can definitely see the the return of investment on that. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of the most underrated uh, forms of advertising. A lot of guys get it, but a lot of guys don't, right? A lot of guys drive around with a small little window deck on their truck or whatever, and it's like, that's fine. But yep, if that's what hard you to want, a big that guy. works too. Yeah. A uh, question from Red Isle Limited on the Instagram here is, what are your payment terms, deposits, et cetera? So I don't know how much detail you want to give in that, but. Uh, some people I don't do much, like 10%, uh, 500 bucks to hold a spot. Like when we're busy, busy, and we're booking uh, months and months ahead, I don't, I'm not comfortable asking for thousands and thousands of dollars down. Right. Because you're taking that money from them. And if you're telling them I'm going to be there in six weeks, now you're gone. And there's kind of a silence period. Like, yeah, you can pick up the phone and go over some details and this and that, but I'm not a big fan of taking a lot of money up front. Um, so I'll tell people, you know what, like, give me a couple hundred bucks, give me 500 bucks. It'll hold your spot or this or that. And then when it comes closer, if they have a special order material that we have to order two or three or four weeks ahead, then I would call them again and be like, okay, like you're still in line. Here's yep. the date, like give them an update on the timeline and stuff. And that's when I would, I would obviously bring this up ahead of time, but that's when we would collect a, a larger sum to yep. order the special order material. That's generally not as easily returned or comes with a restocking fee or something. So we're covered right. on that end. Um, yeah. I have done the, I used to do the no deposits, just the shake a hand thing. And I didn't get bit hard, but I got bit lightly a couple times and yeah. it just sours a guy. Yeah. Like I'm doing this out of good faith. I'm expecting you to do it out of good faith and, and whether something comes up and it's out of their control, like I get it. Life happens. Yeah. But uh, that little, that little deposit is just, it keeps everybody in on the same page. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So yeah, that's where I'd gone to when I was still building as well as gotten to the point where it was like, I can't remember what I was charging 200 bucks or something like that. Just to, just to get in the schedule. It's like, just to, just to know that you're serious and I'm holding a time for you because our season's short. You've only got six, eight months to build decks. And so somebody stiffs you on that and you've got this planned for, you know, a job that's going to take two weeks. And yep. all of a sudden, they, all the sudden void the and three days before, they're like, yeah, we decided we're not going to do it anymore. And then all of a sudden you need to shift somebody forward, but you can't because whatever. And it's like, I've only got so much time to make hay here. And yep. you've kind of screwed me on this. So yep. that 200 bucks just seemed to like, I never had anybody back out of that. You know, it's just a small commitment. You knew they were serious. And because it's so easy if you're not, if they don't have to commit to anything, be like, oh yeah, well then put me in the schedule. 
Yeah. And we'll kind of decide along the way if we're yeah. actually going to do it or not. Yeah, you tie them down, like you say. You tie them <laughs> down with a couple few hundred bucks, and yeah. and it, it keeps people honest. But And then get your materials paid for closer to the job so you don't risk anything there, too, or a portion of it or whatever. So yeah. I think that's yeah. a good I always strategy. get a larger sum right when we start, yeah. at least. So. Good strategy there. So. Um, What are you seeing for trends? Before all this crap happened with this virus stuff, <laughs> what were you seeing in the last couple of years as far as trends that people were asking you for in their decks? Uh, whether it's materials or like use of or um, different accessories that they're wanting to do or a lot just how they're using their decks. Just the privacy options has been a big thing. Right. Composite and PVC and, and all the wood and decking and borders, like that's that's been around and that's been a normal for us to always do borders and avoid butt seams and all issues like that. Yeah. Um, but a big thing has just been all the privacy wall options. Um, the screen options... Uh, even the skirting options have have picked up quite a bit with decal mesh and and mixing hardy board siding and and similar other products to to skirt off a deck and then border it with the matching composite and stuff. That's kind of all been uh, been a big push lately of of more high end f- high end kind of finishes, like finishing off all the details that you don't necessarily need on a deck, but that really enhance the visual and the function of storage underneath and yep. issues like that. Um, I think that's kind of been a big, a big update and, and people are really, the more people see it, the more they want it. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like everybody's seen a normal deck, normal stairs, four foot stairs, picket rails, like everybody's seen that, but, but distinguishing your privacy walls from your neighbors or maybe a corner where you want to cut the wind down or something. And then, and then the skirting as well has been a big, I've noticed that's been a catching on, like more people see it, more people want it. And it's. It can be a cheap way to go about it. Cheap. Yeah. Um, <laughs> All things are relative. Yeah, everything relative. Uh, not a lot of people doing solid composite skirting anymore because the cost keeps going. Mm-hmm. The materials are expensive. Yeah. But uh, the alternative options are are definitely picking up. And That's something that I was always jealous of with, the, with a lot of the builders in the States is that trend of skirting in your deck or at least cladding your exposed framing members underneath the deck, like cladding the posts and the beam in something. Yeah. Was seemed like pretty common practice down there. It's like guys would finish a job and the posts would get Azek wraps or Versatex wraps yep. or clad in the deck material or whatever and the beam would be finished out. Everything gets trimmed out really nice. Yeah. And it, it just looks like it's architecturally beautiful. It's so much better. Yeah. And then up here it was like people dump all this money in and from when you're standing on the deck it all looks beautiful. And if you're standing in the yard it's like all you see if it's a strip of fascia, some rail, and then a yeah. bunch of crappy tree and lumber uh, underneath. What what I dislike the most is the little the you call them elephant blocks, the little yeah, yeah. pyramid concrete blocks. Yeah, they just stick out, and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, they're Big just there. Yeah. Yep, yeah, for sure. Uh, Timbertech Garrett has a question here again. Again, the guy just doesn't stop. Hey, eh? gets on this IG. I'm just kidding. Uh, what deck feature is most important to your customers? Uh, is that, and then he says color, price, or warranty. I guess maybe that's, he's clarifying what he means. So what's more, what do you find are the kind of the top things people are looking for? Is it, is it color the most important or the shopping on price or is it warranty of a product or? Um, a lot of people ask about the warranty, but they're all getting up there. Uh, the composite material has been around so much that everybody's comfortable with the warranties. It seems like that word's kind of already got out. The color and cost are, are usually the biggest. Uh, obviously those are the two that stick around the longest. If you, 
if you're pushing yourself into the high end of your budget and you're going to be paying for it for a while, then that's definitely top of mind. Um, yeah, color's probably the biggest. Color's the biggest. People can soak up the cost. They can get over that hump. Yeah. But if they're not happy with the color, then then that's definitely a game changer. Like I've, you'll obviously people come in and they want the budget board, right? They see the the sale advertised two seventy nine a foot or dollar ninety nine a foot if stuff goes on crazy sale and stuff, um, and they come in interested in that, and then they see the colors that the sale is obviously limited to every line, and the more you spend, the more beautiful the colors get. Yeah, and they're not opposed to spending more money for what they want. Yeah. Right, so the color is probably the biggest, and then after that, it just comes down to what uh, specifics of the board they want, what function they want the board to do. The better traction, limited scratching. Maybe they got big dogs, or you know, kids with a sand pit that drag their Tonka trucks around and this and that. Like, yeah, a lot of a lot of people don't know what their budget's supposed to be because they have no idea what the stuff's supposed to cost. It's like I've had that experience before too, shopping or something, and somebody's like, "What's your budget?" And I was like, "And, and and then I'm on the other side of this, being like. I don't really know. And they're probably thinking like, here we go. Yeah. The guy that won't give me his budget. He doesn't want to tell me his budget. But I actually, I'm going to max it out. Yeah. And I actually no, just I don't know, don't know does, what I should expect to pay for a six person hot tub. Yeah. I don't know if that's five or if it's 10, whatever. Like I know I don't want to go crazy, but so that's, that sometimes happens too. Like even people come into the store and it's like, wow, my budget's, I don't know, $5,000. And you're like, oh, great. Here we go. This guy wants everything for five grand. It's yeah. like, well, no, maybe he just doesn't understand that. To get that, it's like he's closer to twelve thousand dollars. <laughs> and maybe yeah. once he digests that a bit, maybe that number's okay. It's just that he didn't know. And it's totally understandable because if you're not around it all the time, like you go to Home Depot, you should go to the deck shop. But yeah, you, you know, you go to the box store and you see the price of one board, and it's like, well, that's not that bad. Yeah. But then you don't have the framing and the fasteners right. and and everything else that goes with it. And by the time it adds up, like you say, it, it can be a bit of a shocker for people yep. that aren't aren't custom to what the materials cost and stuff now. So, yeah. Yeah. I think everybody comes in like in our store, it's a little obnoxious because we've got a hundred different colors in the wall, but people shop, I would say first on color. They want it. They're attracted to the colors they want. And then they figure out kind of what that's going to cost. And then they'll scale things. Then they kind of adjust to their budget. Right. Yep. And it, the nice thing is a lot of brands are coming out with, um, nicer looking products at lower price points. So even this table that we're sitting at here, this, uh, decorators tundra board is, absolutely gorgeous it's beautiful and the coloring was fairly unique but fibron releases a board this year called chai and it's like bryce had a hard time getting the camera to work because it looked this they look almost identical it's like you have that option it's like i love that color i can't afford you know i I really love that the traction of this decorators and all the benefits of it of it's but i just don't have the budget it's like at least they have an option that looks the same they don't have to give up the looks as much it's just like the other features a little bit but Um, and even Trex last year releasing that enhanced naturals all of a sudden brought this like this line of beautiful colors that you used to have to spend like go to their top tier to get good coloring in it and now yep. you don't now you're kind of like low to middle tier so that's kind of cool um, there is another question here questions are starting to roll in people must be drinking uh, what kind of warranty do you provide in your workmanship that's from Josh Josh Boyce 2019 uh, I Honestly, don't really provide a written warranty. Um, if an issue comes up, I have a big yellow trailer. Yeah, that's my warranty. I can't hide. Yeah, we're <laughs> we're local and we don't hide, and and we want to push every project the best we can. I don't really provide a written warranty. If something goes wrong, the customer, like 
I want to say almost always, they're always happy with what we provide for them. So they always call if there's an issue, whether it's something small or something big. Um, and usually we just end up going out and fixing it. Like it, we're not in a huge market. We're not a huge city. I don't have to drive an hour to get to anyone's job site to fix any little thing. Yeah. So if it's a matter of swinging out and it's like, uh, PVC, you can use as an example, when the boards expand and contract, sometimes the screws will break. Right. You've had that issue before. So you go back and you put a few more screws in, you grab some plugs left over out of the trailer and you tap them in and, and you're on your way. You're there for five, 10 minutes. Like it's not a big deal. Um, so I kind of treat it on a job by job basis. Uh, we had a railing where the, the, a bracket broke and the glass blew out and smashed and, and, uh, so we replaced the piece of glass and, and I just ate that one. I was just, I wasn't happy with what happened and, and like the project was, I want to say it was three or four years old at the time and, and I just changed it because I... I must have missed a screw or something yep. at some point, and I put that blame on me. And like, what's a one-year warranty? Well, if something breaks and something goes wrong and it takes longer than a year, well, it was still my fault in the first place. Yeah. Right? So I'll just go back and fix it and make things better. And and I had talked with that client and I had mentioned like, if I can't get warranty on this, like you might have to pay for the glass and this and that. And by the time I ordered the glass, it was like it was just over. I think it was like hundred and twenty dollars. And it's like you know what, like. I'm not even going to go out of my way to invoice this guy. Like, he yeah. was great. He called. Like, there was no issues. There was no yelling. There was no complaining. Like, it was just like, this happened. Can you fix it? Yeah. We just went and fixed it. And maybe so, not even an expectation that you would do it for free. He maybe just was like, I need somebody to come fix this. And I yeah. the guy and that I, did it. And then, like I said, I mentioned to him over the phone that, you know what? Like, the railing, we can probably get under warranty. But the glass, maybe, like, probably not because it's not their system. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah, I just ate the cost of it and so be it. Yeah. And you know what? Like... You can all, I look at that as another form of advertising. Yep. Because now when that guy is a friend asking about a deck, it's like, you know what? Like I had this guy build my deck four years ago. This happened. He came out and fixed it. No questions asked. No nothing. It was done within, like, obviously we had to order a glass, call it a week. Like you should just hire him. Yep. Right? For so sure. it's, it's like, I look at it that way too, but we, we don't have a lot of issues with our products. We're. We're pretty comfortable with all the products we use and stuff, so we're comfortable with how they move and react and this and that. And I had one of those same, that almost that exact scenario, a piece of glass blow out. Unfortunately, mine was uh, gray light 14 dark black stuff. <laughs> it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't $120, yeah. but same thing. It was just like, yeah, that'll be on me. I guess yep. that's $340 of whatever, right? Four or five years ago that it blew out, and it's like, well, I was the same thing. I, I would, like, if it was a bigger job that I was providing some sort of paperwork or contract or terms behind, I would put in there that it's like, oh, I'm providing a two-year labor warranty or whatever. But similar to you, if they call me two and a half years in or three years in and there's a problem, like, it's not my character to be like, sorry, your warranty is expired. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. that's just not who there's, I am. There's a service call, FYI. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I would just go back and fix it, right? Yeah. Like, it's just the right thing to do. And to your, and to your point again, that's all... It's all, it's a chance to like, to earn a referral off that again. Like when that person bought the deck from you the first time, they were super, ha super happy. They told a few friends and maybe two years later that they don't have those conversations anymore because the deck's not new and it's not in their mind or whatever anymore. Yeah. But all of a sudden you go do that repair and now it's like, now it is on their mind again. Yeah. Now they're wanting to talk about you again a yeah. second time around, right? And yeah. if it costs you 120 bucks and an hour of time, it's like, what if you get one more job out of that? 
Well, that's just it. Even if they move, who knows? Yeah, exactly. Right? So and so we we're seeing that right. Like we didn't. Um, we kind of always thought like, oh, we don't really have recurring customers outside of our contractor bases recurring. But for homeowners, it's kind of one and done. Uh, no, it's not because it, <laughs> people move, or you know, like we've had. We just sent out a quote today for a guy. It's like he bought a deck from us last year, but he happened to move. And yep. so now he's in a new house and he's back for another deck. And it's like, that happens quite a bit, actually. Yep. People, and you didn't think about that before, but it's like, I don't know what the stats are, but how long do people stay in their houses? A lot of people stay in it for the, the length of their mortgage. So five years and then they move again. Yep. So like you, there actually might be more recurring yeah. opportunities. Well, especially, yeah, we had a, we had a quite a growing market. So a lot of people were buying entry homes to get into something. And yep. then like you say, when their term comes up, now they want to upgrade, you know, maybe now, now they got married and had a family and they need more rooms or more space. And yeah. Or they've got yep. a cabin or they buy a cabin. Right? Yeah. Cabin's a big one. Yeah. And all of a sudden it's like, yeah, I got one. a deck from you guys three years ago. Now I need to put one on my cabin. And it's like, oh, so this customer's a two or three deck kind of guy. Yeah. <laughs> so And they know the sticker shock already. Yeah, you so get through that. Kind of settled, right? They understand. So, yeah. yep. Yeah, that's a that's gonna be forever a struggle. I don't know how you I don't know how you prep people for that, but it's just a, just like, put a couch at the front door. Yeah, just stand in front <laughs> of this, and I'll Close tell you down. the number. And if you have to sit, yeah, your the couch is right behind you. Well, I've had <laughs> I've had lots of people that have been like that. It's like they come in and you get them a quote, and all of a sudden they disappear, and then they show back up a couple months later and be like. Hey, sorry, like, we, we're ready to go. It's yeah. like, oh, I thought you were long gone. Like, you yeah. were applying emails, and they've literally said before, like, people have said, it just took us a little while to digest what that was. Like, well, there was some sticker shock, and we just had to kind of table this for a minute, think about it, and then it's like, now it's not as shocking anymore. Well, maybe so. they call around and price check, and it's like, you know what? Like, validates it, yeah. These guys aren't out, li- out to lunch. Like, they're right in line with all these other guys, and, right? Yeah, Like you say, exactly. it just puts everyone at ease, and, okay, we tweak some of our savings and this and that and yep. we're ready now yeah right? they can make so it perfect work. and if they're not now there's financing exactly yeah lots of financing options out there too yeah. so um instagram live folks there's still a pretty good size audience in here so if you have more questions for mike make sure you put them up here quick because i'm running on my own questions and that means it's going to end pretty soon so get your questions in there um you uh, there's a lot of talk right now about with this i'm going to go back to the whole covid19 thing a lot of talk about businesses not making it through this potentially um, restaurants, especially are getting hit really hard because they're not even allowed to be open. A lot of them yeah. or they are, but only delivering like there's a lot of businesses are saying even right now, early in this, they're saying like 30% of small businesses may not reopen. Yeah. Um, and the longer this goes on, I'm sure that number just continues to climb. The ones that are, are the ones that are uh, adapting and changing the way they're doing business. And I know you've got a second venture that wasn't started as a result of this, but we had a conversation um, cause we're getting you to do a little bit of work through that business the other day. And you were saying like that business is doing like, I'm getting more calls with it right now than I am on the deck side of things. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that business, I guess, but also what your, what your plan is if this thing doesn't go away right away with, with decked out, like how are you going to pivot and make that work through a difficult year? Let's call it. Yeah. So we stepped out and we went, uh, diversified a little, just into a little bit of advertising. So we're doing a little advertising and then bought some equipment for that and ended up buying a vinyl cutter and that ended up getting into some other kind of signage and odds and ends and little stuff we can sell here and there. And like, it's not making an income, like it's not something to live off, but it, but every little thing helps, especially like you say with the times going on right now, like it's a little uncertain. So this gives a little more certainty, like we can make a little bit more on this. Um, As far as decked out, we're just, uh, 
like you say, get a little more advertising out and then uh, just practice safe measures for people so they feel comfortable calling you and this and that. And like you say, whether it's uh, uh, FaceTime or this over the phone, just more pictures, more uh, distant quoting and, and this and that. Uh, we'll have to implement some of that. Um, but yeah, like kind of at the mercy of the beast. Like if, if the province says shut down, then you shut down and yep. you just kind of go with it, right? And you hope that uh, that the government's there to help you out when we need the help because everyone's in the same boat unless, like we said, unless you're selling groceries or medical supplies, we're all, we're all feeling an effect from this. Yep. And we can all only go on so long, right, from what we're used to. It'll go back to the horse trading days of, yeah. you know, hey, yeah. I got this, I got this can of beer and I need that can of soup. Like, I've heard this referred go, to right? a few times as a bit of a factory reset on, on the world. Yeah, it's like it's really going to make money mean nothing. At like depending how far it goes, but it could get to that point where money just doesn't mean anything anymore, right? Yeah. You help your brother for helping your brother. And you, you know, you stick up for the guy next to you. And like, if it get, I don't think it's going to get to that point, but yeah, hopefully not, but we'll find out. People didn't build decks when they just rode horses everywhere. <laughs> and like, um, but I, there's, there's part of me that wonders too, because there's also a lot of talk about all these measures that are being put in place. People are saying like some of this stuff's not going away after this is all over. So the virus gets under control, whatever the population and develops immunity we have a vaccine whatever it is yeah um life returns to normal but a lot of people are saying like some of this stuff's just not going to go back to the way it was before like we're always now going to have whatever sneeze guards at the grocery store or something like there's gonna be some things that just stay and i wonder part of me wonders if like to our point right that we were just talking about with the price sticker shock people get it they're shocked because it's a it's a change to the way they think or to their life for a minute. And then once they're able to kind of make that normal in their mind, then they're like, okay, things are going to happen again. I wonder if that same kind of thing is going to happen with this, where it's like when this first all started going down, people were so shocked that it was just like, boom, like I'm doing nothing. I have no idea what's going on. Go home and sit there. I'm just freaked out and nothing. I'm not going to do anything because this is not normal. So I'm not doing anything normal. And there's two ways it could have went. It could have went away right away and we could have got back to normal soon. That's not happening. But if these measures stay in place, like we were just talking before the podcast, like what if this, these shutdowns last for a year? And it's like, that'd be terrible. But if they last for a year, at some point it all becomes normal again. You know what I mean? You like get, the, you the get, weirdness and the shock wears off. Yep. And now it's like, well, no, it's, it's normal to just stay at home all the time and only go to the grocery store. You know what I mean? Yep. And so and then once it becomes normalized, assuming that they're still financial cash flow into people's houses and out again. Maybe they then become comfortable again with bringing back some of the normal things to their lives, like renovations and building decks and stuff like that. Yeah, it's like absolutely. right now they're holding on to it, but it's like, it's, it's the comfort level. Like you say, people yeah. are sitting at home right now. They're antsy. They're uncomfortable. They don't know what to expect, but once it kind of becomes a little more comfortable, one, like you say, if it becomes a normal yeah. Then people will go about their daily life a little more, right? Again, like you yeah. won't hide inside as much. You'll you'll understand your limitations that you're supposed to have outside yeah. and you'll just adapt to that. Yeah. I know personally I'm already getting there a little bit, right? Like that first week when we had some big orders get canceled and this thing was like, Oh yeah, no, they're gonna, they're shutting down businesses and stuff. It was like, Oh my god, yeah. oh my god, <laughs> what are we gonna do? And it's like all out panic. Um, but now it's like 
it's how we've been doing business for three weeks now. Yeah. Over email and over phone. And we've always done that to a certain extent, but like not having foot traffic in the store or like delivering something to somebody's house where we wouldn't have before, like dropping stain off on somebody's doorstep instead of having them come pick it up. Like that's just, yep. it's just normal now. And so I'm not freaking out day to day anymore. I'm, my days are much the same as they used to be now. It's like, well, what are you guys doing during the day? Uh, I'm ordering product and yep. <laughs> like doing some advertising. It's no different now because it's becoming a little bit normal. So, um, but it's still a numbers thing. It's normal now when the numbers get a little tighter, like... So I can tell you for sure that the the sales right now are not normal. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's... Yep. I, we're like, we're crunched right now. And I'm hoping that the, the weather picks up and, and inspires a bit of activity for sure. Like, I, it has to happen at some point when the war- weather gets warmer. People are going to still want to have a summer. Yep. Well, I actually had, um, I had one client call that uh, that pushed their deck ahead. They just built a new house. And their plan was to save up a little and maybe do a couple things around the house. And then when all this lockdown, you could call it, came in, they they called and they're like, you know what? If we're going to be stuck in the house, like we need somewhere for the kids to go. Exactly. And they asked for a debt quote. And so that bumped them ahead. So it's going to make people look at the situation different too, right? I I think that should, that should happen. If you, if if the summer, if we're going to be restricted from going camping or going to the parks or boating or whatever that is over the summer. Good God, I would I would hope I would have a nice space in the backyard to hang out in because yep. I don't want to be inside all summer. Well, we have a winter for inside. Yeah. So Yeah, we've just we just finished our inside yeah, stuff. Yeah, we just finished our inside, so we need some outside. And so. I know my wife too is saying the same thing. Like I work obviously a lot during the summer, but she's at home with two kids, two little kids, and she's like, "I need I want can we take down our pergola thing and put up a playset <laughs> like a playset in the back instead this yep. year?" Cuz I can't take the kids to the park now. Yep. I'd like to them to be able to go out in the backyard and enjoy summer. And it's like, so she's looking to improve the backyard. Yep. Lots of people should, I think. Yep. Agreed. There. Oh boy. We got some comments here again. Uh, Simcoe deck says we are doing lots of virtual quotes. I think customers are wanting to move forward. Just don't know when they can. And I think to, again, to the uncertainty, it's like they're getting used to this thing that's happening. Yep. They know they want to move forward. It's just, they haven't had the kick in the butt yet because they're, they're just as unsure as anybody right they're now. All, they also need something to do. So you might get a few more tire kickers, people pricing stuff out for the future. And like you say, this uncertainty is just there and, and they can't pull the trigger until there's a little more certainty in their life again. And that's what I was saying a couple weeks ago. I was like, if they could just give us some sort of date where it's like, we'll start lifting restrictions at the end of April. If they would just say that, then all of a sudden people would be like, oh, okay. Yep. Then... I have a, I have a number. Yeah, I can work. I've got with something. This. Yep. Yeah, I've got I've got an end goal here, and things will get normal. But yeah, we haven't gotten that, so it's uh it's made it tougher. New Techwood Canada says been dropping samples on doorsteps and through Canada Post a lot lately. So yeah, same thing. Like we've been offering to 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 mail our catalogs out or to mail samples to people because they can't or don't want to come into the store or whatever. So there's things you can do. Yep. Um. Timbertech Garrett Prairies says, somebody ask what brand Michael's first composite. <laughs> Why somebody? <laughs> you just asked it. <laughs> he doesn't want my flack. He gave me like, oh, he's asked all the questions. What was your first, what brand was your first composite deck, if you remember? Uh, composite. I would imagine it would be Moisture Shield. That was going to be my our, guess. Yeah. From our, our supplier with my initial company, that was what they pushed was Moisture Shield. And that was, it was heavy in our town for a long, long time. Still a lot of it out there, it yeah. It still is. Um, so that was the first, yep. Mine was Fibron, but it was an un, the old uncapped stuff. But I remember that was my first first one. And then did a lot of Moisture Shield. Moisture Shield and Trex were the big brands here. 
that was pretty much what was available for yep. our community, more or less. So. And the only yep. reason I had five, I remember my first deck, it was probably, oh boy, likely 10 years ago or 11, probably around the same time you kind of got going. Uh, but the only reason it was that was because the guy had air miles and co-op took air miles and co-op carried five runs. He's like, I'm doing five runs because I want to use my air miles. That's the one. Yep. So we <laughs> did a five run deck. And I didn't. I knew very little about it at the time, like about composites or what brands I should be looking at or whatever. But now I look back and be like, oh, that was an uncapped composite. I remember. Like, yeah. You know, but um, that's it for questions there. Anything else you want to chat about today, Mike? Uh, just about a whole hour here. Almost an hour. What do we got here? Three minutes until our live is going to turn off. So ask questions quickly because you guys are about to get cut off on the hour time limit. Uh, Simcodex says, we're selling just as getting your spot in line. We are selling just as getting your spot in line. Once we can, whoops, once you can build, you will be fifth or sixth in line type of thing. Don't know if that will be in June, July, or later on. So that's a little bit different because he's in Ontario and they're actually like, uh, construction was deemed a non-essential service recently. It was removed from the essential list and they are not even allowed to go out and build. So that's not the case here yet for us. Um, I don't think they've shut down any type of contracting as far as I know here yet. You're, obviously, you're supposed to take your measures or whatever, your yep. societal and, distancing And, and they're enforcing it. I had a friend who uh, had OH&S come by, and, and oh, they, right? weren't, they weren't complying with the social distancing, and, and they were given a warning. So. Oh, really? Okay. Yep. yep. So they're definitely so that's like, good. the measures are being pushed in place, which they need to be. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So that's a good way to put it, too, I guess. If people, you know... It, it, I don't know if it's going to get there or not. Thankfully, our numbers here, as far as this virus goes, are fairly conservative. Um, so hopefully we don't get to that point where the construction industry also gets shut down. I do think it's somewhat unnecessary. A couple of guys building a deck in the backyard isn't going to, isn't really harming anybody as long as you're not harming each other, which keep yep. your distance kind of thing. So hopefully that doesn't come here. But but if it does, I guess that's the one way to, to go about it. Sell a spot in line. There are videos going to disconnect here. It reconnects though, right? It'll just... Yeah, I've done that before. It'll like <laughs> you can, you can go share the story. Oh, it used to it used to be able to redo it, and then it would send out your, um, it would send a notice to all the people that were in it to be like it's restarted again. Now we got a whole other hour, Bryce. Aren't you excited? <laughs> we restarted this clock. We got a whole other hour. They're telling people again. But anyways, that's I guess one way to put about it. Sell your spot in line. It's like we don't know as much as you don't know, but. What I do know is yeah. my, my season's shortened, so if you want in line, you better book. Yeah. <laughs> okay. My, right? my certainty is you're number five. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. my certainty. Yeah. Is. <laughs> yeah. So that's good. There, people are kind of popping back in, so that's good. Um, but I'm not sure that we have anything else to even discuss. This has been uh, been a good episode. So what if uh, you're on Instagram? You are there, and you've been posting more as like the last year or so. You've been on there quite a bit more. Are yep. there certain uh, accounts that you follow quite a bit that kind of inspire you from a, I mean, the obvious one that everybody talks about is Dr. Dex is obviously kind of the, the guy everybody watches, but anybody, other accounts that you've taken notice of lately? Um, yeah, there's that, uh, that decorators guy, Sean Collins. Premier outdoor living. Premier outdoor living. He's really, uh, built himself a platform for sure. Yeah. I like the fact that he does the, the whole backyard together. So a yep. lot of the deck guys you follow is strictly that you see the deck. Yep. Well, he does the patio, the landscape, like the whole, and ties it all together. And, and it's always interesting to see the creativity that, again, it's just like framing the ceiling. Yeah, I get to see it framed, and I don't get to see the finish half the time. Yeah, Right? Same thing with the deck. I frame the deck, and then we're out, and that's our call, and, and yep. we don't get to see the 100% finished product. So I really enjoy his page and following um, 
the entire process of the whole backyard experience. Yep. Because, yeah, in our market, a lot of times you take your pictures at the end, but you're still sitting in a muddy backyard with unfinished stuff and exposed yep. framing on the bottom. Why do you it's have like, those 2 by 10 so stacked under the stairs? Yeah. Well, the elevation is going to come up for the patio, so... Yeah, yeah. exactly. But, yeah, that's I, I always kind of said that if I was had not gone down the path of getting on the retail side and continued to build, I think that would be my goal, be to, like, let's... Let's do the way he's doing it and finish the whole backyard. Sell the backyard like, experience. It's pretty awesome yep. to be able to see that complete picture. Yep. I also like his designs because they're very modern and linear. He didn't, like he kind of stuck with that as opposed to getting into the trend of curving things, whatever else. Yep. But all of his designs are very modern and linear. I think is the best way to put it. Yep. And they yep. look fantastic. It just shows that you don't have to go curve and everything to create a cool space. Yep. The staggered privacy wall and stuff he did with yep. the random composite colors we copied and borrowed that yeah yeah it looks fantastic and yeah 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 so good any others uh that's the big one that pops to mind uh like you say dr dex obviously everything's just just exponentially crazy and like even for me hard to process like how to sell that to a client yeah like it's just unreal so um yeah Yeah, you (laughs) you think your customers have sticker shock well that's just it like (laughs) I don't even know how to start to price stuff. Sorry, like three hundred and fifty like, what? Three hundred fifty thousand dollars? <laughs> uh, yeah. Book fast. I'm booking up. <laughs> like, yeah. No, other than that, I just flow through, and I I don't chat a lot. I don't say a lot. I don't like a lot, but I I look and I I see lots. Yeah. But uh, I remember my uh, my least sticker shocky job, and the one that just like happened so fast, and I didn't expect, uh, was a. A job just out of town, small town in the valley, and I quoted this job, and she just replied back, and it was a big budget. It was seventy grand, and she replied back and was like, "Sounds good. When can you start?" And I was like, "Holy smokes!" Like, okay, yeah. text back and forth, whatever. And then I got like a couple emails later, and she replies back, "Oh my god, hold on! I thought that said seven thousand dollars. I missed a zero. And I was like, "Well, that makes sense now, but that was a big miss. You thought that job was seven grand? That's a big zero like, to miss. Holy yep. smokes!" Here's the couch. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> and the unfortunate thing is that she then didn't do it, hired somebody else to do it, um, who probably charged close to seven by the sounds of it. And somebody I know, one of our other contractors knew her and was like, turns out she hired whoever it was and I think terrible I, job. I think that was me. Was think, it? No, I, th- I wasn't. Oh, the you guy told who me? Did it. Oh, I think I knew I the guy who did it. Terry or somebody, maybe a couple people, yeah. Unless it's a different job we're talking then about. She, then that contractor that was fixing it ended up buying a bunch more materials from us. <laughs> we ended up coming to us in one way or another to replace a lot of stuff that whoever yeah. did, did. But anyways, so another bad contractor story. Um, no more comments in here. Everybody joined back in, but no more comments. So we'll wrap this up. Mike, thanks for uh, taking time out of your holiday Friday to join us down here and... Thanks for Tell us me. a bit about your story. So thanks for tuning in, everybody. Check out the YouTube channel. We got lots of stuff getting posted up on there. So check it out. You've been listening to the Ultimate Deck Podcast. Ultimate Deck Podcast. Brought to you by the Ultimate Deck Shop. Shop with us at www.ultimatedeckshop.com or check us out at all the social networks we can keep up with. Hit us up for any collaboration or sponsorship opportunities. Thanks for listening.